small things is what differentiates the people actually are successful and the people are not because most people aren't willing to wake up at three, four, five in the morning, go down into the hood and put out bandit signs for four, five, six hours. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Level Up Daily Podcast. And today we have a very exciting episode. This segment was requested by so many people from around the world. So I went out and I got my guy Jalen White on today's episode. I can't wait for you all to meet him. He's a very talented and driven guy. And so today we'll be discussing a few things. Number one is, you know, what it takes to win in real estate. And secondly, how to get started with no money down. So with that being said, I'm excited about this episode. I can't wait for you all to to hear it. You know, I want to do something special as well, especially for this segment. And I want to do a giveaway. This is something that I haven't done yet, but I definitely want to do it, especially starting now. So if you're listening to this episode, simply screenshot that you're listening to this episode and post it either on your story or your feed or whatever you prefer and make sure you tag me right? I'm going to be spending the next 48 hours going through all the tags, all the messages, and I'll be personally DMing or messaging five people who posted that they're listening to this segment. So let me know what you thought. I'll be sending out some cash giveaways and also giving away some free clothing apparel for my new clothing line launching this month. Yes, yes, I know. Yes, I know. I got a whole clothing line coming, but you know, be on the lookout for that. So make sure you guys screenshot the episode and show love and let me know what you thought. Also, leave some feedback on the iTunes store or podcast app on your phone. That stuff goes a long way, guys, for the show and the ratings. So the more views, the more ratings and subscriptions, the further we can take this thing to the next level. But with that being said, you know, I'm going to stop it right there because I said enough, right? (laughs) And plus, it's Monday. And you already know how we do. Every single Monday, it's time to do what we do best. It's time to level up. So let's get it. Are you ready? Level Up Daily, the hottest podcast for self-growth with interviews from the hottest celebrities. Tola, level me up. Tola, level me up. Yeah. Now, your host, DeAndre Evans. Tola, level me up. Tola, level me up. Yeah. It's time to level up. Now level up. Yo, what's up, ladies and G's? Much love to those returning. Shout out for those sending in for the first time. And today, I have a very special guest on today's episode. This person is known for creating their very own success. They have taken over the real estate industry by flipping houses at a very young age. He was able to take a negative bank account and turn it to over $33,000 within only 60 days in one of the most competitive markets. Oh, and I forgot to mention, this guy is, what, 21, 22 years old? Ladies and G's, I have the talented Jalen White on today's episode. What's up, Jay? How you feeling, man? What's up, man? I don't know how I follow up with that introduction, <laughs> but happy to be here, man. I appreciate you having me Absolutely, on. man. I'm definitely excited. And I know uh, all the listeners tuning in that's going to be checking out this podcast are definitely excited. Uh, I'm glad to have you on the show, man. I've been watching you, you know, for, for a while, to be honest. Um, I actually discovered you on Ty Lopez's YouTube channel. <laughs> ah, yeah, nice. and I was uh, checking out this segment of real estate because I was like, yeah, let me, uh, let me check this out because I was thinking about getting into real estate myself and just venturing it off. And, sure. you know, I was watching and I was thinking to myself, I was like, yo, this guy's lit. Like, he knows his shit. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I definitely got to have him on the show. And uh, I'm glad I was able to make it happen. And, and thank you for, you know, being open to this and getting on the podcast with me. Absolutely, man. I'm ready to throw down, like throw a bunch of value Let's down. do it. So. Let's do it because I 
I know I got a lot of questions, especially those who've been uh, reaching out and tuning in because it was like, wait, you got Jalen White on the podcast? Like, you know, it's like <laughs> he's in real estate, dude. Like, he's cool. Like, so I've been getting a lot of love for you, man, on the back end. But awesome. Uh, Glad yeah, to hear. Definitely. And uh, I just want to go ahead and, and open it up because I usually start the podcast backstory. Like, how did you get started, you know, in the real estate industry? You know, how did it come about? Yeah, absolutely. So to start off, I got in when I was 18. And you mentioned, you know, I I made my first, I think it was like 33k in 60 days. That was at 18 when I first got into the business. Um, Basically, I was broke, you know, your typical story, I could go into oh, I started this in that business, but everybody does it. It's the same cliche story between all entrepreneurs. You know, I knew I wanted to make money. And at 18, I was broke. Mm. So uh, we heard on a radio interview, you know, you can flip houses, no money, no credit needed. And my wife, my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, her dad actually, you know, registered for that free class and took us there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so basically we didn't learn anything because (laughs) the business model is you bring them into a free seminar, you upsell them to a $300 seminar where you still don't teach them really anything. And then you sell a $40,000 coaching package, right? So we we got there and we're like, okay, nobody has the money for a a $40,000 coaching package, but at least we know it's possible. Mm -hmm. So resourcefulness, right? Mm -hmm. I went home and for four months on YouTube, I basically taught myself wholesaling and didn't really teach myself, you know, watching other people's videos. Obviously, you don't just meditate and sit there and say, oh, buddy. <laughs> all of a sudden, the, yeah. the formula to wholesale properties comes into your head, right. right? So it's digging through forums. It's listening to podcasts just like this. It was a lot of that. And I could have skipped that if I had money to buy like a $500 course or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's tons of them, thousands of them out there. Mm-hmm. But it took me four months. And uh, long story short, you know, uh, did if anybody knows, I'm not going to get really into the specifics in this interview because yeah. uh, people could or could not want to get into real estate. Who knows? But I did bandit signs for anybody who knows. Got my first two deals and uh, closed my first $12,000 deal. Uh, basically, you put a property on a contract, right? Mm-hmm. You assign that contract to a cash buyer for an assignment. Mm-hmm. It's all done through a title company. It's all you know, organized, legit, whatever you want to say. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's not like I met the owner with a bag full of cash. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't happen like that. You know, we signed a purchase agreement. I signed that purchase agreement. I made $12,000 two days before high school graduation. Yeah. And uh, I just remember going through like going through school, the classroom and stuff like that and showing my because it was it was, you know, how in high school you had to go around and get teachers to sign you right, out right. of school. Exactly. Like, yeah, that day I was showing my friends like my bank account because I just got that <laughs> the wire that morning. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much. And then my second deal, I took my wife and I to, to Poland mm-hmm. and my second deal closed while I was in Poland a month later. Uh, cause I'd gotten it under contract prior to, to leaving. Mm-hmm. And I joined venture with another guy yeah. who brought the buyer and I got an $8,000 wire while I was in Europe. So nice. at that point I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, uh, <laughs> I can make money. So <laughs> right. I just, I, I kept doing it and turn into hiring employees and stuff like that. So nice, nice, man. That's crazy. And I know everybody listening in right now, like, yo, what the hell? Like <laughs> and this hurt all of that. It's like no way, right? They probably going crazy. It's probably like how some of your boys and friends were like, man, you just showed them the wire, they saw the money, saw the bag and everything. So like how how was you know the transition? Like how did um you know you come about into getting into real estate? Like was it something that you was passionate about or it just came up out the blue or you know, dude, if I'm going to be really honest, because we're 100% real on this podcast, yeah. right? Like, I don't love real estate. Like, it's a simple business, and that's what I love about mm-hmm. it. 
but I just needed some way to where I can make money without hurting any party involved. You know, I want to be able to help people while we're making money. And contrary to popular belief, some people would sit there and think, oh, if you're buying a hundred thousand dollar property for 50,000, you're screwing the seller or, you know, the buyers and you make, you know, the same amount that the buyer is going to make flipping it in three months, you're screwing the buyer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Because if you think about it, you know, if you go to a dealership and you're like, you got this car, you really want to buy a new car today. Like you, your eyes set on the car. But imagine if the dealership said, you know, to make money and to be realistic on making our target margins, Mm -hmm. we have to offer you, you know, $15,000 for your car. And in your head, you're like, great, great. (laughs) And they say, but we don't think that's fair because we're going to sell it for 20,000. So unfortunately, we're going to have to let you go. You're going to be like depressed, right? Right. You have this or imagine if you couldn't afford the payment that was due in a week. Right. And so you're going to have your car repossessed and the dealership turns you away because they're going to make money on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like people don't realize that we're we're providing a service when we do real estate deals. Um, So that's what I really loved about it. It's not that I love the business or, you know, because. If anybody's going to be honest, you're not 100% passionate about the business. You're passionate about the lifestyle yeah. and the impact that you're able to make through it. You know, right. So that's what really excited me was realizing that I could help other people. Mm-hmm. I could put buyers in a position to make money in their business. I could get sellers out of tough situations with houses and you know, really make it a win-win for everybody. Nice. And that's what I liked about nice. it. You know? Nice. And I know it had to be something in it for you like in, in the beginning. Like you said, like, what, what was like the goal? Like, okay, let's get into real estate, but I want to you know, either buy a car, I want to take this trip. Like, what, what was it for yeah. you? Yeah. No, the goal for me was basically just being able to have money in the bank account because mm-hmm. my parents moved away when I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I wanted the Lamborghini. <laughs> I wanted, you know, and I, and I bought that at 21. Nice. And then I realized, wait, it's not that special. Like, <laughs> let's make an impact in other people's lives, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyways, my goal going into it was just put some money in my pocket. And I'm sure some of the listeners maybe can resonate with that. Mm-hmm. Is where it's just like, even if you just made $2,000 on a deal, just knowing that you could make money mm-hmm. without going to clock into a job was enough to like feel that initial excitement to say, okay, I've got something. Let me push into it. So that was really my only goal going into it was not let me make a million dollars right off the mm-hmm. bat because you think about making a million dollars, you're going to get caught up in the big things rather than the small things. You know, you're not you're going to be like, ah, oh, 20 bandit signs. How am I going to make a million dollars? Yeah, yep, exactly. You got to get excited about the small goals when you're starting out. Yeah. So I was getting excited about get first. It was let me get my first seller lead. Mm-hmm. Right. Let me go on my first appointment to make an offer on a property. Mm-hmm. Then it was let me get my first contract. And then it was let me get my first cash buyer and see if I can assign that contract for a profit. And then I close the deal. And then you get excited and then you're like, well, let me see how I can scale. Yeah. You know what I exactly. mean? So that's kind of how, how it led up to getting my first deal was just focusing on those little small steps. So if you're a beginner, I just gave you a blueprint to close your first deal, right? Get your first seller lead, go on your first appointment, make your first offer, mm-hmm. get your first contract, get your first cash buyer to assign that contract to you. Yeah. And then close the deal. You know what I mean? It's it's simple. Exactly. And I was actually going to get into that too. Exactly. Like how did that, that first deal come about for you? Because I know so many people, you know, who are interested in getting into real estate or who are now in real estate, you know, and they just started, but they have a, yeah. a hard time, you know, closing that first deal. Like what advice would you give to someone that's taking that first step? Yeah. So for me, I got a little bit like almost lucky, but not really because I were, I took an internship quote unquote with like a local guy. Mm-hmm. And I was doing bandit signs for him, right? And he and and he accidentally included twenty we buy houses bandit signs. 
ironically, I put out a hundred signs. He was supposed to pay me a hundred bucks, mm-hmm. you know, for his coaching business. Cause he did real estate coaching mm-hmm. and he never paid me. So <laughs> I kept the 20 bandit signs and then I put them out a couple weeks later. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of failures in between when I first started learning and this point. So don't think that I just automatically got bandit signs. And, you know, I went on appointments with MLS deals, which basically means they're just on the market, right? Everybody can see them. I don't do anything on the MLS, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where realtors put up the, the properties they list, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I'd gone on appointments and made a fool of myself and all that. But I... And, and after that, I realized, okay, I need to get off market deals. So I, I had this deal going with this investor and I got 20 bandit signs right on the side. And, yeah. and ironically, you know, I believe, I believe in God and I believe it was a wink from God, you know, trying to nudge me into the right direction. Mm-hmm. Because if you ever read the alchemist, you know, Great book. Um, Great what book. is it that, yeah, absolutely. What is it that the, uh, the, the King in the start says, he says, um, you know, that people are, you know, beginner's luck, right? Mm-hmm. You know, go all out when you have beginner's luck on your side. So I had beginner's luck. The number on the bandit sign where you're supposed to fill in the phone number yeah. was blank. So I was able to write it in with my own sharp sharpie markers, right? <laughs> so I had beginner's luck. I had these 20 bandit signs, which just by by chance happened to not have a phone number, which I've never seen any other bandit signs that somebody doesn't fill in a phone number, right? Mm-hmm. Up to this point, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so I put those out and, you know, waking up, I'll tell you what, man, mm-hmm. the small things is what, uh, is what differentiates the people actually are successful and the people are not because most people aren't willing to wake up at three, four, five in the morning, go down into the hood and put out bandit signs for four, five, six hours, you know? Exactly. Because doing doing 50 bandit signs, uh, you know, that'll take you a good five, six hours. Doing 20 bandit signs will take you a good, you know, three, four hours, especially when you put want to put them in the right place. And the Arizona dirt is not soft man <laughs> uh i had blisters after doing that but yeah. man that's that's the difference and then it, you know between the people who actually make something happen and who don't so right. i got my first deal from those bandit signs basically uh a seller called and said hey i've got this property i inherited mm-hmm. i haven't touched it it was it was in the middle of the hood man mm-hmm. where, where um, exactly you know exactly where, where it was the street yeah it was so it was in Old Town Avondale. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if any listeners know in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I put up all my signs in Maryvale, if anybody knows in Phoenix um, and South Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So rough areas, you know, but at the end of the day, that's where a lot of money is made in real estate is in the rougher areas. Mm. So, yeah, I got this house that nobody had lived in for what looked like 20 years, you know, yeah. pools in the floors, all that uh-huh. kind of stuff. And I got under contract for fifteen thousand, and I ended up selling that contract for thirty thousand. Nice. And I paid the closing costs, so I ended up with a twelve thousand dollars check. Nice. So. And that's still a win. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, win, I man. wasn't worried about the three thousand dollars closing costs. You know, <laughs> exactly. I was like, give me the give me the money. You know. <laughs> right, 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 right. Now it seems like you you had obviously a, a determined you know mindset, and you had a strategy going into this, like you know, with the situation that was given to you at hand. Uh, you had a strategy in place and what you was going to do with the banner signs and stuff and where you're going to put them out at now, you know, what kind of strategies did you develop to become, you know, so successful? Like, how did it come about to where you was like, okay, I'm gonna do this, this and this to get me here. I'm gonna take the money from here, put it there. Like how, how's your strategy work there? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, as far as when I first started out, obviously I was broke, but once you start making money, all of a sudden you go from being just a hustler to an organizer, you know what I mean? Uh, marketing budget, stuff like that. So I'm going to blow some people's mind right now. <laughs> if you right. want it bad enough, 
making fifty, a hundred thousand dollars a year in real estate is easy. Like if you want it bad enough, you're willing to work thirty to forty hours a week on your your goal and and in that position, you can make fifty to hundred k working for yourself easily. Especially, mm. mo- I mean, I I was probably working ten to twenty hours a week my first year, and I made like a hundred and thirty thousand. Um, in that period, you know, in that first 12 month period. Nice. And I was just chilling. Like I was playing Madden every day with my buddy, <laughs> Alex. Like yeah. he just did a podcast yesterday. He's like, my first year was just, my goal was to make a hundred K while playing Xbox all day. That's what I was doing. So if you're working <laughs> 30, 40 hours a week doing this, you know, hiring people, are we, you know, what's our company culture going to look like? What's our marketing budget and cash flow looking like, right. you know, and all of a sudden that thousand, maybe 1500, $2,000 a month been investing when you first started out seems like way too little and all of a sudden you start spending 10 15 20 dollars in a month on marketing mm-hmm. you know and you're like sweating buckets because that's a lot of money to invest so it's kind of like um it, it's kind of like just leveling up your mindset if that makes sense and i'm not sure if yeah. i'm answering your question exactly no, no, you, but I hope you can feel the point where i'm going yeah definitely definitely and i hope i hope everyone tuning in was able to grasp that too because it, it's definitely like you said it was a strategy behind it like i said before uh you had you went into it you know with the mindset of what you wanted to do what you wanted to make and at the same time um, over time playing madden you know just kicking it with your buddies you actually took it a step further and laid out a platform where not only are you able to win, but you're able to show other people how to win too. Absolutely. Because you don't realize it. Like people don't think about the fact that once you start having employees working and, and stuff like that, you're making an impact. Like you're allowing for more sellers to lives to be impacted. Your employees lives are impacted because they have a stable job. They're able to make money and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, so yeah. And plus not to mention my whole goal has always been to, uh, to optimize for, you know, free time. So basically, how do I make it so that my business is going to run whether I feel like getting up in the morning to make calls or not? You know what I mean? So I haven't talked to a seller in probably a year and a half at this point. (laughs) Um, Because obviously that part of my business, you know, has been outsourced. So Mm -hmm. um, and has that held me back in some ways? Yeah, absolutely. Because when you I mean, a lot of people say Grant Cardone says it when you start hiring people, you will make less than you would just working yourself and your business Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day you got to kind of take a step back to take 10 steps forward when you take that first leap of faith and you start like thinking about scaling your business and i I don't know the range of people listening right now Mm -hmm. some people could have 100 employees a person might have never made a dime working for themselves and they're like how do i get in so don't be too overwhelmed if you hear me talking about employees (laughs) yeah like i said in the beginning just focus on that first step of What's the first thing I, I need to do to make me money in the business? And if it's in real estate, it's getting your first seller lease. Exactly. You know, it's that simple. Exactly. And that's crucial. Now, I know you mentioned earlier, you know, you said you started off basically with nothing. You had to, you had to borrow money, right? So to get into, you know, the game of real estate. Now, can people invest into real estate with no money? So pretty much the only money that you need in real estate is an earnest money deposit. Um, and obviously, you know, you need to be up front, you know, your contract needs to uh, stay, you know, subject to uh, acceptable financing and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give any advice on that on the podcast yeah. here, but that's all the money I needed. And obviously you need some money if you're going to be doing marketing. Now, if you're resourceful and you're broke and you got that fire in your, in your stomach, you know, you can make mm-hmm. it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, with no money, but it's always nice to have like 500 or a thousand dollars, you know, around so you can start $200 a month, $300 a month on marketing, you know? Got you. Got you. 
So basically nothing too extravagant because I know some people think, you know, hopping into real estate, oh, they need a couple thousand, you need a couple hundred, you know, to buy a property. But, you know, your way on how no. you go about it, it's, it's a different tactic to it, right? It's a different yeah. strategy. Gotcha. Exactly. And, and obviously you'll make a little bit less per deal, but you can do a lot more deals because you don't need the capital to do them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so doing assignment contracts, doing uh, transactional funding and stuff. And actually, surprisingly enough, man, if somebody wanted to fix and flip and get into the business, they wouldn't really need much money at all either. Because when you bring a good deal into the into play, there's hundreds, if not thousands of investors in every market across the country mm-hmm. who will fund that deal and partner 50-50 with you. And they'll put up all the money if it's a good deal. So gotcha. Gotcha. the most important thing, man, in the business is just finding a good deal. And that's the skill that people don't realize. They're thinking about, oh, how do I lend it private money? How do I find cash buyers? How do I do in today's market where it's mm-hmm. so hot? And I'm sure you've seen like all the, you know, the headlines, like houses selling at record time and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a hot market. And I don't know when that's going to end. But right now, the most important skill to have is finding a good deal. So mm-hmm. if you want to make yourself money, find good deals. Find a good deal. Got to be a good, yeah. good, good seller and a good closer, too. <laughs> <laughs> definitely exactly because- yeah that's another skill you got to pick up is, is sales you know exactly exactly now because i know you was mentioning that and, and i was actually going to follow up with that just for the fact that you know some people want to know what 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 does it take to find that that right deal or that right, right property like what is something people should look out for when selecting properties or looking out for deals yeah so number one first thing you got to realize is that it's a numbers game you know you got to mm-hmm. think about it in the terms of Okay, if I talk to 25, you know, seller leads, I'm going to get one that's actually, you know, a deal. Yeah. So you've got to, you can't expect your first five or even 10 seller leads that you talk to to be a deal. Now, sometimes you'll get, if you're using a marketing strategy that really highlights motivated sellers like Bandit Signs or PPC, Mm -hmm. you might get, you know, your first two people who call might be deals, you know, that's, that's how it is. Um, we have obviously criteria when we're looking at the actual property. So, you know, what's the condition of the property? What's their reason for selling, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then we figure out what it's worth. And I, this is way more than I could explain on even a five hour long podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but, but just uh, the gist of it, right. Just to have yeah, that. So basically in most markets, you know, we're doing 70% of what the properties were minus repairs, minus what we want to make on the deal. And that's how we come up with our offer. So nice. when you're looking at like what's a good deal and what's not, everything's a good deal at the right price. Like I don't care if Jimmy John has a house that's half fallen over like my first deal was. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, whatever the case is, there's a buyer for it. You know, let me put it this way. My buddy, he has a car dealership, and he was telling me like when he first got in the business, all of his mentors would tell him there's an ass for every seat. You know what I mean? Mm. Every car has a buyer at the right price. So every house has a buyer at the right price. You've just got to make sure you get it at the right price. And that's the most important part. Exactly. You know, so break down your numbers. Number one, like we said, one in 25 mm. and number two, make sure you get it at the right price. And, and when you do that, it becomes pretty simple and you start realizing that, Hey, I just need to find somebody who's interested in selling their house off mm-hmm. market. And I've got to figure out what it's worth, right? Figure out the after repair value it's called, figure out what it's worth after it's fixed up. Yeah. And then I run whatever, you know, some markets are Los Angeles would be 80% of ARV minus repairs, uh, minus wholesale fee. Mm-hmm. Um, so some markets are different. So figure out how hot my market is and figure out that, uh, that number, you know, is it 70% of ARV, 80% if it's a hotter market, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then figure out what to offer, get the contract, and then you're, you're halfway done. Or you, I'd say you're 75% of the way done because it's pretty easy to find you know, cash buyers in today's market. Exactly, so. exactly. And I know people are like, what? <laughs> you know, some people yeah. listening in are new. They were like, oh, my God. Like they, I know they're excited, but they're like, there's so much information. They got to write it down. Don't worry, guys. We're going to have this yeah. all on back loop. You're going to be able to reach out to Jay. I'm going to put all his contact information in the podcast so you guys can reach out and have any additional sure. questions. But, you know, has a deal ever gone bad for you? Like, has things ever went left? And you was like, oh, yeah. shit, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Yeah. Um, so first, first, before I talk about the deal that has almost gone bad, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to bring up the fact that if you don't want a deal to go bad, you need to do it right. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying giving you guys any direct advice, you need to make sure that when you're like, you can't just market a, a property for sale that you don't own, you have to have it under contract number one, and then you got to market that contract for sale. You're not selling the house to a cash buyer, you're selling that contract that you have that equitable interest. If you read like the art of the deal and stuff, you'll, you know, you read about Donald Trump's like first big deal. He sold his, uh, his option contract to do like the convention center in New York city. Mm -hmm. So it's very similar to that. You're not selling the actual property. You're selling the contract. That's one very important part. If you want to make sure that you're not doing it wrong. So if people are like, Oh, you know, is this legal? Is this legal? It is illegal. If you do it the wrong Mm -hmm. way. You need to market your contract for sale. Otherwise, you can get in some serious right. trouble. So, so, so make sure you do yeah, it right. So break down, break down that example because I know you gave it on Thai, you know, YouTube channel. Like how, how would that example look? If you can paint that picture for us on how that contract is or is it a certain term that, that yeah. it's going by? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically when you, when you sign a purchase agreement, again, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not, I can't give any contractual advice. Mm-hmm. But when you're signing a purchase agreement, if that contract is assignable, which in most states it automatically is, even if it's, it doesn't clearly state in the contract that it's assignable, mm-hmm. then you can sell your equitable interest and assign that to somebody else. So like, you know, you see a lot of mortgages, a lot of mortgage companies assign their mortgages to other mortgage companies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing in this business. So you know, if you sign a purchase agreement with a seller yeah. and let's say, let's you know, say, that contract. Yeah, let's say it's me and you. It's me and you and, yeah. a, and another buyer or whatever. Yeah. So let's say you're the owner, right? Yep. And I sign a purchase agreement to buy your property at 123 Main Street, right, for $50,000. Mm-hmm. And in that contract, it clearly states that that contract is assignable, right? Mm-hmm. So then what I can do is I can go to Billy Bob over here, <laughs> who's my cash buyer, and say, hey, Billy Bob, I've got this contract on 123 Main Street. I want to sell it to you. Would you be interested in buying for sixty thousand? Mm-hmm. Um, and so Billy Bob will say either yes or no. And, and if he says yes, then great. And we sign an assignment agreement with Billy Bob, where he actually takes over that purchase agreement between you and I. Mm-hmm. And since he was in for sixty, I get the ten thousand dollars that's left over. You know, after you get your fifty. Mm-hmm. So gotcha. pretty much, it's a ten. And, we, and depending on how your lawyer or you, you know, structure your assignment agreement. It's either going to say sixty thousand or a ten thousand dollar assignment fee plus a fifty thousand dollar purchase price to the seller. So it's pretty simple. Gotcha. Um, but you just want to make sure, you know, if, if nothing else, you just want to make sure that you're not marketing the property itself. Mm. You want to market that contract for sale, not the property. Got gotcha. you, got gotcha. you, and that's crucial. And I wanted to, you know, paint that image because a lot of people was, yeah. you know, getting the, getting the gist of the numbers and everything. They're like, oh wow, he's making ten thousand, thirty thousand, fifty, whatever. And it's like, well, how can I do it? And that, yeah. I think that, that picture probably painted it pretty well for him. Now, yeah. uh, back back to that deal, because I know we went off on a slight tangent. <laughs> yeah. But back back to that deal, like I know you were saying before, like has a deal ever gone bad for you? And if so, how did you turn it around or what happened? Yeah, absolutely. So 
I remember one specific, so I've, I've been blessed enough to not have, you know, very many terrible stories or deals really going bad, but I had one deal. Obviously, sometimes sellers will back out and stuff, and mm-hmm. you can kind of decide how you want to handle that. But one deal I actually had in a contract, and right, I had uh, I had sold it to one of my buddies, sold the contract to one of my buddies, and I was gonna make like twelve thousand dollars, right? Yeah. And so it was a pretty decent assignment. Like it's not huge, but it's just a base hit. And the tenants there, they my end my end buyer, the person I was assigning the contract to, needed the property to be clear. So the tenants were not paying rent; they mm-hmm. were not even paying the water bill. The water was shut off. They were basically squatters. So they weren't really technically tenants. They'd never had a lease signed. And the owner was just too nice of an owner where he never kicked them out. He lived in another state. And, uh, you know, these are some of the situations you'll come across when you, when you, you know, you're dealing with wholesale properties. Mm -hmm. Uh, this guy had just had this property where these people are basically mooching off of him and, uh, it was totally, they had trashed it. The water was off. Pipes were all bad and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I had fronted these tenants $3,000 basically to, you know, to vacate the property so that they could get into another house because I'm not some heartless mofo who says, Hey, (laughs) you know, move like people think rude and terrible. Like, no, I, I set up a house for these people or or a tenancy with another apartment complex where I actually put up $3,000. So they had the first like three or four, five months paid. Can't remember the exact amount of months that they got for that 3000. Wow. And I got them in that apartment. Right. So they're all, you know, the contract term was a, a month and, about a weekend, I realized I needed to get these people out. So a week after that, I had them into another apartment, helped mm-hmm. them move and stuff like that, right? So they're in their apartment. They're happy. They, don't, they have nothing to do with that property anymore. Mm-hmm. We get to closing day, right? And the owner sends in a paper. It wasn't even written by the owner. You could tell because I knew the owner's handwriting. You know, yeah. you can kind of tell if it's <laughs> yeah. totally different yeah. um, after you sign a purchase agreement, obviously, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had he had faxed it over in case anybody's like, oh, I thought he lived in another state. He had faxed over the purchase agreement, mm-hmm. and uh, he he had faxed in a paper that said like, you know, I, I need to cancel the contract. And so I was like, I've got three thousand dollars into this. Yeah. Like I'm not losing three thousand dollars for no reason. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm I'm buying this deal. You know, once you have money into the serious, I had already put a thousand dollar earnest money because mm-hmm. once you start actually doing a lot of deals, you want to put more than ten dollar earnest money. Mm-hmm. You know, to show that you're serious. So I had a thousand dollar earnest money into the deal. Get back if he backed out, but still, plus the three thousand dollars that I got to the tenants that I wasn't getting back for sure. Right. So you four thousand um, in the hole already. Yeah. Right. And so I'm getting a call or a call from the title company. You know, he just sent this this thing in that he wants to cancel, and it's literally the day of. Maybe it was the day right before closing. I don't really remember because it was almost three years ago. Um, and I was like, "Oh, heck no!" So my instant, <laughs> yeah. you know, my instant uh, reaction to this was somebody else is trying to buy this property for you know a lower price. So mm-hmm. I give him a, or excuse me, a, a, maybe a thousand or two thousand dollars higher than what I was buying, which is highly unethical. It's mm-hmm. illegal to do. You can't come in and offer when somebody's already got their property in a contract. You can't come in and offer them more, and they cancel that contract that they were in. Like, you know, right. it, depending on how the contract's structured, that's illegal. You know, exactly. So, um, so basically, I had to call the owner and like negotiate, and I ended up giving him like two or three thousand dollars extra because 
he had another contract that was like a thousand dollars more than mine uh, <laughs> sent to him, and he got you know all you know instead of sixty thousand dollars that I was offering, it was like sixty one thousand. So I came up like two or three thousand to get him to close. Yeah, and I closed, and I and I still made money. You know, I probably made like net because you get your earnest money back, obviously. Mm-hmm. So after the three thousand, I made like you know seven thousand dollars on that deal. But man, the emotional. Like, roller coaster, right? <laughs> roller coaster. That, that's why you want to have employees. This was my first year. I was still doing it, everything myself. I don't want to hear about sellers trying to back out. You know, it's yeah. it was crazy. So I right. luckily everybody ended up being happy, and you know we got the deal closed, and the the seller was real happy, buyer was real happy, I was real happy. So mm-hmm. happy happy ending, but that was still crazy, and I still to this day don't know who tried backdooring me but I, I tried figuring out for a good like month after that so <laughs> yeah they're probably gonna lay low for a while they're like yeah i gotta stay out the scene <laughs> right yeah it's, so. it's gonna find me but that's that's crazy man that's really wild to, to go through something like that but it's, it's good enough to know that you know it was an experience that you was able to you know get through um you know a lot of people yeah. probably would have stopped and just bagged out and be like you know i'm going home forget this real estate thing or whatever right but you know I- i'm glad you was able to push through and get it done because i mean if you wouldn't you probably wouldn't even be you know here like on a podcast you probably just would have stopped and you know did something else but uh right with that being said though because i know obviously you-, you say you're married right um yeah how long you been married to your wife um, we've been married about two and a half years, almost two and a half years. Nice. And so basically yeah. like what high school sweethearts. So yeah, yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice young love, young love. So, I mean, at this point, you know, she, she's watching you doing your thing and you know, she's obviously doing her thing. She's big on YouTube, which I know of, but a lot of people may not know of, but, uh, she's yeah. big on YouTube doing her thing. Now, is there something where like, what, what drives you now? Like, what, what do you grind for? Because in the beginning, yeah. it was more so, you know, yourself. Now, is it, you know, building this family, building a legacy? Or is it more so, like, employee? Like, what, what's, what is the grind behind what you're doing now? Yeah, so my, you know, my why and kind of why I'm doing it has changed. Mm-hmm. So it started out, like you said, you know, take care of, of my immediate family. So me and my wife, mm-hmm. you know, how do we make sure that every month, like, even though, you know, a good rule of thumb for anybody, if you're making money, is keep a year's worth of income in the bank if you work for yourself. So if we're getting down to where we have about a year's worth of income in the bank, I'm freaking out, you know. Yeah. And then once it got past that point, once we started working to make more, it's now become, you know, how do I impact my family? So how do I get my family involved? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I've got employees, and that's a big part of it, but it's really become – you know, how do I help my family level up in, in life? And my family is great there. And so is Brianna's family. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't really have, uh, you know, anybody that, that thinks like we do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Brianna's uncle is a furniture designer, and that's probably the closest thing to us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the way we think. But we're really trying to get everybody to realize that, like, you can create the reality that you want, you know what I right. mean? It's kind of, it's crazy, yeah. but you know, you just got to set a goal. You know, I want to work for myself and make $50,000 mm-hmm. a year and you can make it happen. I don't care what the business is. If it's eBay drop shipping, if it's real estate wholesaling, if it's, you know, doing whatever you want to do, it's like, you know, just getting people to level up their mindset. So for me, that's a big part of it, right. um, of what I'm kind of moving forward, you know, for the future to try to do is to, not just give family money, mm-hmm. but to create self-sufficiency as well. You know what I nice. mean? To where people can actually affect their own lives. Because 
I don't know if you're the same, but whenever I've been given something, I don't really, I, for the first day, it's great, but you don't really treat it with respect. You know yeah. what I mean? But when, man, when you put in the sweat and the tears and the blood, exactly. hopefully not the blood too much, <laughs> but you yeah. know, um, and you achieve it, it's like, it's way, way more fulfilling. And, and in my opinion, progress is like the main thing mm-hmm. uh, that can help a person stay happy, you Absolutely. know, it's progress. Definitely, so, definitely, man. And I, and I totally agree. Like progress is what we all seek anyway. That's, I mean, personally, I feel like that's the one thing that makes us all happy is progress. Yeah. Like if Absolutely. you know, you're moving forward, you know, you're going towards your goal and what you want, you're, you're content, you're happy as ever. But I, I definitely been in a similar situation. Like I put up money for, you know, family and friends who get into businesses yeah. and stuff, but they don't go as hard as you, you know, anticipated them to go right. hard. Right. And it is like veer off right. on its own little path. And they're like, oh, I'll just I'll just do it later. But you're like, yo, that was my money. <laughs> that I put right. Into. Absolutely. I did it for you, bro. Like, come on, let's do this. But, you know, on the flip side, right. you got to look at yourself like, OK, obviously, you know, that person, you know what they're about. And basically it falls on you at the end of the day if they didn't do you know what you expected them to do. So exactly. Yeah, yeah I definitely understand that. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah. um just transition out of that because obviously, you know, you, your mindset is right, man. You definitely have a lot going on. I definitely commend you for everything that you have going on. Uh, definitely inspired me to, to do a lot more, too. So, um, you know, and I know a lot of people probably listening in like, yeah, I love this guy. <laughs> and like, yo, he's so he's so like. Energetic. Well, I'll, trust me, I'm not that great, man. You, <laughs> you catch me at night playing some Fortnite or whatever. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It gets real at night. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, so transitioning back into the real estate game just you know overall taking in this concept like what advice would you get to someone who wants to pursue exactly what you do like what would be the first step or advice or piece of advice that you recommend them doing uh getting involved in real estate yeah so uh number one i would say just you know taking as much information as you can Mm -hmm. uh you don't want to be you know go on information overload you want to find a balance between content like actual actionable content Mm -hmm. and motivation so like this would be more of maybe a mix but more motivation i'd say is this podcast here and then you want to listen to some like you know exactly how to do this and that exactly how to find motivated sellers exactly how to you know look for cash buyers or whatever the business is that you're interested in getting into you want to mix it between motivation and actual content that will help you take step-by-step action to get into the business so you know, for me, it'd be figuring out how to get your first motivated seller. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be my first piece of action because once you can figure out how to find motivated sellers, mm-hmm. you now have value in the business. So you can basically go to anybody who does real estate investing in your area and you can say, look, I've gotten good at finding motivated sellers. Is there any way you can you know, go on appointments with me, you know, talk to the seller with me and, and any, you know, stuff like that where the the people will absolutely agree because it's money into their pockets as exactly. well. So, you know, you'll JV with, on the deal with them. Mm-hmm. So create your value in the space by learning how to find motivated sellers is step mm-hmm. one. Step two is going to be getting a rocket lawyer membership because obviously in this business, you're dealing with contracts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And rocket lawyer is $40 a month. So people are asking like, Oh, how do I, you know, do this and that with the contracts. And you get like, I think 10 contracts for free at, at it, it per month, I think in your rocket lawyer membership, I don't, I'm not going to quote exactly cause I don't remember, yeah. but I have a rocket lawyer membership every month. I pay $40 because whenever I have some sort of contract question, mm-hmm. I just go to them and ask them, you don't want to go to somebody on YouTube and, <laughs> and talk to like somebody who's never dealt with what you're doing. Not to mention yeah. if you go to like a title company that's never talked, you know, done anything like with assignments and stuff, 
you know, they're, they're not going to know what you're talking about. You don't want to go to a mechanic to have your transmission fixed when all they've ever done in their life is fix windshield wipers. Right. You know? It's like you need somebody who's, who's experienced in that space. So I would start off with, you know, with Rocket Lawyer so that you can get some basic contract knowledge and, you know, real estate contract knowledge. And then, you know, start to get into really niche specific, you know, lawyers for advice. You know, obviously you don't need to spend a bunch of money, but maybe invest $100, $150 into some quality legal advice. So, you know, how to write an assignment, how to write a purchase agreement. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously if you also buy a course and stuff like that, a lot of people go over that and that's perfectly fine. But remember, at the end of the day, you'll feel a lot more comfortable if you talk to a lawyer about a contract because that's what they do for a living. Nice. So. Um, that would be step two is just, you know, get some decent legal advice and you don't like, you don't need to go out and do that, but a rocket lawyer membership. And I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you have less than, you know, a hundred, $200, $300 put into the business, you know, I was in high school when I started this and I would tell, tell myself this today, if I could talk to myself back when I was 17, 18, mm-hmm. it's like, go get a job, like go get a 20 hour a week job start getting money in your bank account so that you can mess up without freaking out, you know? Mm-hmm. And I had been loading trucks for, for, uh, Brianna's dad is a truck driver. So he would hire me for like 10 bucks an hour to help him load. Right. So yeah. every couple of weeks I could make a hundred, 200 bucks or however much it is to load that load with him, you know, and that made me some extra money. So I didn't have a really good source of income, but you don't, in my opinion, you don't just want to start out sitting on your mom's couch and like, be, you know, at 21 or 30 or whatever it is trying to get into business, you should have some type of money that you want to invest. So I did, I didn't mean to really go off on a tangent there, but no, it's just it's, in it's, case anybody's like, you know, I thought he said I could do this without any money. Like, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. can, yeah. but if you want to be safe and smart, you got to have a few hundred bucks to your name, you know? Exactly. Exactly. You got to stay ahead of the curve guys. Just, just play it yeah. smart, play it safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah don't be the guy who starts with negative money in his bank account like it's funny i'm like don't do what yeah, i did yeah. you know but um but i was i was in high school so right, totally different. if you're in high school you can do it but if, if you're in the in a working world man try to have some type of you know money to invest and then uh step three i would just say is network you know you want to get around some solid people that way mm-hmm. you know when you have your first deal no matter how much information you've watched and taken in you want to be able to text somebody and say hey john you know is this deal a decent deal like do you want to do this deal with me mm-hmm. you know and when, and if, if you have those people to text and call you're going to feel a lot better when it comes time to sign that purchase agreement with a seller because you'll have a lot more confidence you know and you'll you'll be better on your sales um and you'll be better at closing because people will pick up on the fact that you're really confident yeah. So build that network is what I'd say. Definitely, definitely. And that was three important and very imperative uh, points to take in, guys. Hopefully you was able to grasp that that concept and that information to actually go out and apply it. I mean, Jalen, he, he came on the show, man, to, to give some value. He's definitely dropping some jewels all over this podcast. Thanks, man. Uh, this podcast is about to be called Jalen White, Level Up Daily. <laughs> man, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> so man, just come take on. It over, you man. kill it out just here. Taking it over. But uh, no, man, I greatly appreciate that. And I know a lot of my listeners tuning in would definitely um, be, be reaching out to you for sure. But um, I, know, I know you said, you know, that the first three steps obviously do point A, point B, point C or whatever to get to where you want to go. Now, what strategy for someone who is new to real estate, right? And I know we kind of touched up on a little bit. Like, what can someone do today 
to get started in real estate? Yeah. So, so obviously we're already almost 50 minutes into this podcast yeah. <laughs> right after this, I, I could go into, Hey, you know, you need to pull some lists on list source or buy some bandit signs from dirtcheapsigns.com. But I'm not going to do that because I have a YouTube channel with 50 free videos. So number one, I'd say go over. I'm not going to try to self promote or whatever. And I'm, no, do I'm sorry, it. No, Dion. do it. Do it. No, do but, it. Do uh, it. This, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. I, yeah, I, I created the YouTube channel because I was getting literally probably 10 DMs a day of people asking the same exact questions. Hey, where do I find seller leads? Hey, where do I find this and that? And so I started a YouTube channel and I don't really keep up with it as much as I should because there's 50 videos of everything basically you need to know to start doing deals. Um, so I would go to my YouTube channel. It's just Jalen white on YouTube and watch my YouTube videos. Like I said, over 50 videos on there, how to, you know, how you'll see a video on how I first got started. You'll see uh, how to get seller leads, how to get buyer, leads, you know, all that there's literally like there's 50 videos. So yeah. it's a plethora of information that you would need as far as actionable steps. So this, this interview might've served as motivation for you mm -hmm. to like, light that fire. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, turn it into some like actionable stuff and go watch some content related stuff is what I'd exactly. say. Exactly. You because know? I know a lot of people, you know, learn differently. You get the, those who learn yeah. auditory and then you got those visuals as well. So, yeah, it definitely, sure. definitely makes it up, guys. And like I said, I'm going to definitely uh, tag it down below in the podcast. But I know uh, we kind of kind of pushing for time here and uh, I don't want to hold you up because, like you said, the phone's blowing up. You got business stuff to get into. <laughs> but uh, All good. Uh, I did want to, you know, end it off on, on two little quick questions here and the first one is, you know, what, what lessons have you learned just being an entrepreneur, you know, in the real estate industry at a young age, starting from, you know, negative bank account from zero from nothing to growing, you know, uh, what, a six, six, seven figure business over time? You know, what lessons have you learned so far being in real estate? So I would say that the main lesson I've learned is that you never truly get comfortable. You know, you think you start off, you think, wow, man, if I just had $10,000 in my bank account, I would feel so good. Mm -hmm. And then you get $10,000 in your account, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, if I had just $50,000 in my <laughs> bank account at any given time, I'd feel amazing. Yeah. And then you're like, wow, if I just had $100,000 and then 200 and then a million, you know, it just mm -hmm. keeps on going. And, you know, your revenue goals keep on changing. And so the main thing that I've learned is to not focus on the end goal is mm -hmm. to focus on the process in love with the process of you know you know doing step one talking to sellers and then hiring people if you can't fall in love with that step-by-step -step process and you're just in love with the fancy cars and the wristwatches and i'm not really into that i sold my lamborghini you know we got a porsche it's not as showy but mm -hmm. um it's still dope <laughs> I, I don't i don't have some like you know crazy rolex and i'm not one of those guys who bashes that because i if i was making 200 grand a month net like i'd be buying everything you know but yeah. you know if you're making if you're making anything less than five million a year man you shouldn't be have a five hundred thousand dollar car or a fifty thousand dollar watch like you need to be focused on the process you know what i mean mm -hmm. um and i know grant talks a lot about that like he had a million dollars in his bank account cash before he ever bought a nice car yeah um so most of the people you'll see, like I got, I got my Lamborghini cause I have a personal brand, you know, I have a YouTube channel and a course and stuff, but mm -hmm. most of the people who have that stuff, it's to sell stuff on their personal brand. So if you don't have a personal brand, it's not really worth the investment of buying something really nice. Um, but I'm going off a tangent and I apologize. No, no, man, um, you're hitting it. You're hitting it. It's value, man. It's value. And it's a perspective that a lot of people need to hear too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, so yeah, it'd be 
falling in love with the process and not just the end goal. And obviously it's important to have the end goal so that you can have a roadmap to kind of get there. And you know, like once you get there, you know that you've made progress, you know, it's kind of like tracking your weight uh, when you're trying to lose weight. Right. So that's been <laughs> one of my main goal, uh, main things that I've learned, excuse me. Number two, the main thing, the second main thing that I've learned is that not everybody tells the truth. Some people exaggerate and some people, you know, tell you half of the truth. And so yeah. that can affect the way that you look at your own business mm. and the moves that you make in your business. Like, you know, some people might hide certain details. Some people might, you know, cause if I was going to sit here and say, everything's like pretty with real estate. No, some months you'll make, you'll spend $20,000 on marketing and you only make $15,000 back. Some months you spend 5,000, you'll make $150,000. I've had both, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, to just expect everything to be roses and beautiful smelling and like amazing is very naive. And you've got to realize that you've got to pay attention in your, especially in real estate. There's a lot of people who screw you over and I could tell a few stories, but I'm not going to get into everything right now because I just yeah. don't feel comfortable talking about everything <laughs> right, when right. I first started out. But not everybody you talk to who professes themselves in your local market to be a genius is going to be legit. And I'm not talking people who are trying to sell you education. I'm talking people who are trying to do deals with you, mm -hmm. contractors, stuff like that. People will steal money from you left and right in this business. And you've got to realize that you can't be naive and that people are, you know, there are bad people in business. So you've got to kind of learn to decipher the BS from the mm -hmm. truth, if that makes sense. And that can be one of the most important things to you really not missing out on money when you're first getting started. So can't, you know, is someone legit? Are they telling the full truth? Are they telling a half truth? Are they totally lying? You know, falls mm -hmm. into like networking. And so, you know, unfortunately that's just something you have to be aware of. And a lot of people don't like to talk about that because, you know, like I said, everybody's just roses, like motivation, like get hyped, you know, yeah, you've got to yeah. be aware of your surroundings. You've got to have those survival instincts when you're in business. And uh, that's one of the most important lessons I've learned that way I can have the right, you know, view on what on what's you know what moves i need to take in my business who i need to partner up with what type of uh of things need to happen so i hope that makes sense definitely definitely man you you definitely spit out straight fucking fire in the last <laughs> last two or three minutes right there <laughs> but uh no that was very valuable and like i always say hopefully my listeners tuning in because i know a lot of people you know is hyped up for this interview and some people who may not know you you know probably got a different viewpoint of like you know what you're all about as a person and I'm glad Appreciate that, that. Uh, you was able to open up and at least give us that insight on what to look out for, especially being in the real estate industry. So if you're new to, you know, the real estate industry or if you're involved, hopefully, you know, this whole entire segment episode is able to bring some value to you. Um, and like I said, I know we run out of time. We pressed for time here. But I did want to hit one last question before we go. Yeah. And, um, you know, what, what new adventures or, you know, what new projects are you embarking on now that we can expect from you, you know, leaving uh, 2018 as we finish off these last couple months and going forward in 2019? Yeah, so basically um, a few different things. So as far as the real estate stuff goes, I am moving away from doing the whole course promotion and stuff like that. Like I don't I could post on my YouTube and you see a lot of these guys who, you know, do YouTube videos and sell a lot of courses, and make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I'm moving more towards like um, partnering with people in specific markets because I at this point have developed systems and processes to, mm -hmm. you know, help people grow their business. So if you're somebody who's done a you know a couple deals, not if you're brand new, if you're somebody who's done a couple deals and has business already in place and wants to grow, we're working on a system where somebody can actually kind of like a franchise, like plug in and and start playing under our system and you know grow their business. 
from one deal a month to five to 10 deals a month. So that's kind of where I'm moving towards is like partnering mm-hmm. with operators and markets. Nice. Um, we also got a media business. You know, my wife has, uh, um, you know, a big following. So we sell advertising to big companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so yeah, as far as that goes, I try to keep, excuse me, I try to keep it real simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 28, uh, 2018, the rest of 2018 should be amazing. And 2019 should be, uh, really great. Cause we're going to be, uh, you know, doing more of the, uh, you know, franchise type partnership. So nice, nice. Well, I do want to say, man, much love to you. We definitely uh, wish you the best, especially all of us here from, from level up daily, um, which nothing for the best for you and your wife and your whole entire family, man. Much Thank success you, man. to you and your Back team. Back at you. And uh, with that being said, thanks so much for you know taking the time out of your day to come onto the podcast and actually level up with us today, man. It was definitely Absolutely, a pleasure man. to have you on, and uh, we look forward Thank to you. having you again, you know, sometime in the near future here. Absolutely, it's always a learning experience, man. Talking talking about you know what you've done in the past, you always learn stuff yourself. So I've definitely leveled up. After today, I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Definitely, definitely. And with that being said, guys, um, I do want to let everybody know, like, what, what's the best handles, you know, to, to reach you at, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, like, where can they go find your stuff? Where can they reach out to you if they got additional questions about real estate or yeah. any other projects? So I would say Instagram is going to be the best place to reach out to me. Um, mm-hmm. My Instagram is just Jalen White, J-A-E-L-I-N White. And then my YouTube channel is where you want to go if you want to, because in Instagram, I wouldn't hop in my DMs and ask me real estate related questions. I would watch all of my videos and then yeah. chances are you probably won't have any questions after that. So <laughs> go to my YouTube if you want content related stuff and watch those videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Instagram, if you want to reach out, maybe collaboration opportunities, maybe you know some personal stuff. Maybe you have some personal issues you just want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy to help. But real estate related stuff, definitely YouTube. Anything else, I'd say Instagram's perfect. Nice, nice. Perfect, guys. And again, I'm going to put that down in the links below and uh, make sure everyone's connected. And if you guys have any questions, again, Jalen's open, man. He's a cool guy, as you can tell. He's willing to answer all questions. So feel free to reach out to him. Don't hesitate. Um, But with that being said, until next time, guys, much love, peace, and blessings. And that's the podcast. <laughs> cool, man. I was happy to do it. It was a good time. What is your favorite state or city to invest in real estate? Yeah, so I like a mix of volume-based markets and high-end, you know, uh, high-profit-based markets. So Memphis is one of my favorite Midwest volume-based markets. Mm. LA is my favorite, you know, uh, high-profit market. Fun fact no one knows about you. Well, I would say I am, I love video games. You know, obviously anybody who's 21, they play Fortnite or whatever. Me and my yeah. boy Alex signs. Yeah. You know, I'm not very good because I don't play a ton. I know I could be better if I played more, but yeah, playing video games. I like to watch a ninja every now and then because, you know, you can live vicariously through someone who's way better than you, you know, because he's really good. <laughs> yeah. So Nice, nice. What do you invest your, your earnings into? Um, masterminds. I like to go, I pro- I usually go to like three to four different masterminds a year. Nice. Nice. The rule of thumb is to invest about 10% of your income into some sort of education slash mastermind. As far as spending goes, I spend way too much on food, on going to dinners and stuff with my wife and, yeah. and family. Yeah. But, uh, that's one of my like vices that I spend too much doing. You know, you should not <laughs> spend $3,000 a month on food for two people. You know, it's like crazy. Right. Call it quality time. I'm pretty sure that's what your wife has to call it. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Now, who is someone you would love to meet or work with? Um, hmm, I would say 
Dang, man. I mean, I, I have a lot of, you know, one person that I always thought this is my buddy, Mark Evans, and yeah. I'm already starting to work with him. So nice. it's kind of like, you know, once you really want to work with somebody, just put the, the, you know, the steps into making it happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Mark Evans is, is a huge guy in the media and real estate space and uh, we're doing some stuff together. So nice. Shout out to Mark Evans because he has my last name. So he must be a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is a great guy. Nice, nice. Well, that's it, man.